I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Johnny Owen, and this is the Best 11 podcast from TalkSport. Mark Webster and I ask our guests 11 questions all about their love of football, from their earliest memories of the game to how their matchday rituals have changed over the years. And at the end, they'll tell us their best 11, a team made up of anyone who's ever played for their club, along with a manager of their choice. Will they go for players they've seen in the flesh, or will they rely on reputation? Let's find out. Our guest today is an actor known for his roles as Sam in Born to Kill and Bonnie in Peaky Blinders. Before getting into acting, he was a pretty handy amateur boxer as well. It is, of course, the excellent Jack Rowan. Jack, welcome to your best 11. Can you start by telling us who you support and why? My team is West Ham, and I support them for the simple reason that my dad supports them. It's always a good, uh, it's always a good response, and Mark <laughs> Webster's just chucked his fist in the air that you've answered West Ham. I, 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 I punched the air. I, I, <laughs> I, I did, and and also because A, it's the right team, and B, for the right reasons. Because I did notice you, you're, you're from you're from geographically a different part of London, but explain to um, us then, is your dad, was your dad an East End boy, or was it a reason why he supported West Ham? Yeah, so my dad actually grew up, so my dad's from Northern Ireland. Right. And ah. he, came, he came over here quite young, and he, he always loved football over there, but he lived sort of in a really small, like, remote area in Northern Ireland, but he loved football. But when he came over to, to uh, the UK or to um, London, he was only like, he was literally like 18. And uh, he moved to like the East End and started going Upton Park and stuff and met my mum later down the line. But he literally became a West Ham fan from moving over here. He just loved the passion of the club and it was what he sought after. You know, that was what his style was. And then it's just... You know, it's just, uh, yeah, now hopefully my future family will, will be West Ham. <laughs> You'll pass on the, uh, the the baton. Can I ask you as well, what era West Ham? Would he have been the great Bobby Moore, sort of Peter's Hurst era? Was that, or was he Bonds and a bit later, the 70s? What yeah, era was it? Yeah, a bit later, yeah, Bonds and stuff. I got you. Uh, and yeah, pretty much when I came into the world, that was also another way to uh, rejuvenate his passion in a way because it was like another person to go to the games with. and. Close. If anything, we're more passionate about it as I've got older now than we ever have been. That's great. You know I mean? you, could, and can you tell us your early, earliest memories of football then, Jack? Yeah, do you know what? I, I, I've forgotten games. Do you know what I mean? Because like, my yeah. dad, funny enough, I was talking to him because I told him that I was going to do, you know, doing this interview and stuff. And uh, I said to him, I was like, oh, what, like, what, when's like the first game and stuff that we went to? And he's like, I can't even remember. He's like, I used to take you to games and sit you on my lap. Do you know what I mean? He used to, I used to not even have my own seat. Um, so yeah, my earliest memories is probably loud noise, probably not being able to see anything. Um, yeah, yeah. And I do actually specifically remember 
walking up the whenever we used to go upton park i remember the the, the floors always used to be really sticky because of the beer yes yeah so i remember my feet always sticking to the floor and then as we walked up the steps to upton like to the um seats there was always like that song by fat boy slim playing right here Right now, yeah, yeah, and I just remember you used to getting a buzz from it, man. And then you used to just walk into like an array of sound. Do you know what I mean? It was, yeah. Actually, John, on that, were you a were you a footballer? Because I know, and, and, and John loved this because you two have got this uh, in common. You were a boxer from very young, but did you did you like to kick a ball about as well? Yeah, kick the ball about when I was like really young, sort of like kick about. Mm. I never actually enjoyed playing football in like the the proper formation. It was always, I always just enjoyed it down the park where there was like no rules. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, but then as I got older, the boxing sort of came into my life at, at a young age as well, around like 10, 11. So then I stopped actually playing football because I'd always like sort of get, you know, I didn't want to basically get any injuries, any mm. like slide tackles to the ankles and all that. Yeah. So yeah, just I played football here and there, like the odd game for my school, but it, it, yeah, it kind of was only really a thing when I was younger, but I like, I still, enjoy, I love the game. I love the, the sport, but yeah, not really like a, not, was never that the avid player. Uh, do you um, know what, Jack? I, I love this because I, I was like, I did a lot of amateur boxing as a kid and it's so true what he's saying. It makes you laugh this and it makes me smile when he said, I can remember being in school, right? And I was just picking up a little bit of local press, you know, because I was boxing and blah, blah, blah. And I remember my, my games teacher saying to me, right, we're going to play you in a game of rugby. And like you, I was going, I don't want to do that. And he went, why? And I went, I could get tackled by that big fella. And he was going, but you go in the ring. And I was going, I don't care. <laughs> it's a different thing. You know, I'm happy to go and get punched. I don't want him sliding in on my on my legs or him taking me out. And it's true, isn't it? Double my size. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It was a size thing. <laughs> yeah, at least, at least in the ring, you were probably matched yeah, well, up. Yeah, we all matched up somebody. You don't win with somebody like two stone heavy with it. You're going to win with somebody who's roughly the same weight. I, I love that, Jack. I'm exactly the same. So, yeah. like Johnny, then, I mean, <laughs> The thing about young kids boxing, and I asked both of you this, is that you, what you don't do is you don't kind of do it. You have to be dedicated, don't you, as, as, as young amateurs? It's something, you know, I'm sure Johnny will agree. It's something you can't do just like you can't, you can't do it. Yeah, you can't do it anything less than 100% because if you haven't, because with amateur boxing, it's very different to the pros. You don't get told like 10 weeks in advance or eight weeks in advance that you're fighting. I remember times literally going to the gym on a Wednesday and my, my coach went, right, you, you're boxing on Saturday. Like that quick. So all of a sudden you've gone from not having a fight to having a fight. So if you haven't been doing your running or training hard enough, you're going to get found out. It's so true. I mean, you, you, ha you, you st I used to train three times a week and then every night you'd be doing some running or something. Um, and it's, uh, Jack's absolutely right. <laughs> you, sometimes you get matched up maybe the week before. And I, and I got to know Johnny Harris, the, the actor, who also did a lot of amateur yeah. boxing. Yes. He was very good, High Johnny. standard, wouldn't he? Yeah, he was very good. And um, I remember talking to him once and I remember I remember getting matched up against somebody from London, somebody like Jack or Johnny. And I can remember turning to my, to my coach and going, oh, they're from London, you know. They're going to be from the big, they're going to be good. And he went, yeah, they will be good. You know, you've got to be on your toes. And I was thinking, okay. And then years later, Johnny Harris said, I got matched up with somebody from Wales once. And I thought, oh, they're going to be from the mountains then. They're going to be running the tips. <laughs> so he had the same reaction as me. And, yeah. and, and I think what, it, like Jack's absolutely what it teaches you. It teaches you, I loved it in the sense of what it taught you. I, I've made great mates there, discipline, training all the time. But also the big thing it taught me was never to use it outside the ring. That Quite. was the big thing. It was a bit like you're carrying a loaded gun, really, if you've tried to go outside and, and use this and I just thought that was the best thing that I learned about boxing is the discipline Jack you know what I mean yeah and you have your outlet yes so you never 
actually you never actually you know you'd much rather walk away from a fight than actually get involved in one because subconsciously you're always letting out that any sort of pent-up anger or rage that you might have you're actually having an outlet constantly so what you find is when you're walking on the street you're actually very relaxed and calm and you just feel like you know boxing has an interesting way on just grabbing you you know like it really takes over your life and you really sort of live going oh i can't wait to go boxing so you know there isn't really much time for fighting in the street no (laughs) but funny enough you mentioned johnny harris he boxed for the same gym as i did did brilliant what what was your club the fitzroy lodge uh, fitzroy lodge a a famous club Mm. we're both on the um so when when you walk in there's loads of sort of like pictures on the wall um and johnny's on that but obviously now i am as well brilliant so when i used to walk in there and i saw him on the wall but now i'm like joined him on there so it's like cool. bloody rider in there now isn't that's it? lovely in there but it was really yeah. interesting because when jack yeah. did peaky peaky blinders and did the boxes boxing scenes i mean sometimes you know i mean obviously de niro went you know deep and, and trained and all that and you haven't got the time to do that on, on sort of British TV series because you haven't got the money like Scorsese would have had in the mid-70s. Yeah. But, you know, you get somebody, Jack, in who's a fine actor anyway, but the boxing scenes, they look real straight away because pro- he knows how to box. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. you, can't, you can't learn that, you know, in RADA. That's the irony of it. You have to learn that in, yeah. the, you know, in, in the gym that uh, Jack come from. You're listening to the Best Eleven podcast from Talk Sport. Can I ask you, Jack, um, who your favourite player was as a kid? Yeah, so as a kid, like, it changed quite a lot. Do you know what I mean? Because naturally, like as each season goes, you get a different person on the back of your shirt. So yeah, I do yes. know I do know who my favourite player was, but I just want to do some honourable mentions. You know what I mean? Quite right. I, I loved uh, Bobby Zamora when he played for us, and I really loved Marlon Harewood as well. Yeah, they were sort of part of that was a the sort of part of my life where I remember we got relegated. So we got relegated in like 2002 to 2003 season. And then we had two seasons in the championship. And I remember going football at that time. I always wore my West Ham top to football. But all the kids used to be like Chelsea fans. And they were like doing really well at the time. And I just remember like Bobby Zamora and Marlon Harewood. They were just like my, I, was, I just loved them as a kid. And like they were always sort of on the back of my shirt at that, at that age. Nice. Um, but then as I grew a bit older and, you know, I think my favourite player on a consistent basis was Scott Parker. Um, he stood for what I... Um, he's the sort of style of player that I always loved. He was a hard tackler, he was passionate, and he fought for the badge. And I could never knock him for his work ethic. And that's all That's all I asked for as a fan. I don't mind losing. You're never going to win every game, as we say. But as long as the players put in 100%. And at times, it felt like Scott Parker was like the only one he did. He did put West Ham. That we. I'd sit in the west west side watching it on with my with my pals and my brother, and we would say towards the end of the game, "I wonder who's going to win the Scott Parker Man of the Match award today." <laughs> also, also always can I, Scott Parker. Can I point out the smartest looking manager now at the side of a pitch? That is a neat looking oh, manager, isn't he? Oh, even his tie pin is always perfectly yeah. horizontal, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? If there's a man that can't be ruffled, sets, he sets a very high bar for the touchline. <laughs> he does indeed. <laughs> Jack, could you tell us um, about your? I know you touched on it earlier, which is a lovely story about your dad Avenue on his lap. Uh, your match day rituals as a boy going to Upton Park. Do you remember it? I do. I, I remember it. So we, so we used to get on the district line. And as we got closer and closer to Upton Park, I, I used to remember that the the train used to get, or the tube, should I say, used to get just more and more packed and yeah. louder. And it used to just like, you you knew, as you didn't even need to know what stop you were at when you knew you were getting close to Upton Park when it was packed and people were singing. 
And obviously loads of people would get on at West Ham. It would then get really rammed. So me and my dad always used to get off at Plasto Station, which is so a lovely walk. Lovely walk, that is. <laughs> lovely walk. Plasto is the way you're saying yeah. it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Plasto. And we used to do that walk. And on the way to on the way to the stadium, that's where we'd pick up our burger and stuff. And we'd yeah. walk and we'd eat it on the way. So by the time we end up getting to Green Street, and we, you know, just like the many people going, irons, irons. That's what I remember. And then we'd have our food and we'd literally walk in but it was such a lovely walk and i think it's you know you'd end up spending that 15 minutes trying to get out of upton park station so it was well um, and, and i've do i've i've done that walk religiously and you walk past there's a there's a local team plays on a saturday you go past the pitch don't you and yeah. uh, jack and there's and there's often a game on and you can't stop yourself you've got to stay for five minutes i got a, I got a quick great story for you too do you remember the really famous millwall game in the league cup where you played again and, and, uh, and, very and well. yeah, world war three broke out i had a mate who was a millwall fan worked in media so not your typical me- newton millwall fan and he gets on the um he gets on the district that day at allgate east comes out down from his job in shoreditch of course he gets on the tube and as it's getting closer and closer to upton park it fills full of west ham fans and he's millwall so he just stays there and he says by the time we get towards upton park it's it's a carriage full of what should we say uh, very sort of uh, East End Essex boys who'd gone into town for a drink of the day so he says yeah. I decide not to get off so he stays on the district goes all the way out on a loop comes back in of course the same thing happens again he comes in the other way he starts picking he thinks forget it I'm not getting off and he goes all the way back out to Richmond where he lives we said I spent three hours on the district line just uh, <laughs> sitting there as a millwall <laughs> just, just out of passion Exactly yeah. Right. yeah, I mean that is a stra- that is the strangest run. He's from Richmond I know, to Park. Is Park. Could, is, could there be two further worlds apart? I know, and yet I know. it's all on the same green well, train. You are in the whole gamut of it, but it's interesting as you say, as exactly as Jack says, the district line almost like is a very much a West Ham tube. Then as it goes uh, up to right, there, well, it? Well, once you get the mile end, then <laughs> yes. you, you know you're entering <laughs> entering that Claret and blue exactly. Territory. So has it changed? What what what's your match day rituals nowadays? I mean, obviously I say nowadays. <laughs> well, pit, just I was gonna picking up on like the the earlier question like as as part of like an ex, like a ritual yeah because it links quite nicely to my ritual now uh, so it was the same after the game so when the game finished it was always always you know when the game finished it was always packed so me and my dad always used to like we used to go to a pub and he'd have like a few beers and and i'd have a coke or something and we'd always let the crowds go very wise and that was really nice like i used to get an experience of those pubs in upton park which yeah. is you know, it was always buzzing, always singing. And because I was like a young kid, I was like the only kid in there. Everyone used to like show me a lot of love. I remember having like big curly hair and everyone used to like put like, you know, like rub my hair. Ruffle, <laughs> ruffle the head, isn't it? The classic man's <laughs> thing for a kid. All right, son. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be that. And then, you, you know, me and my dad would go sort of every every game we would go to. So we'd start to get recognized. But now it's sort of similar. Like we do our, we get there early enough or we have our food beforehand. But now after the game, we go to a pub called the Black Ball, which is near Stratford. Yeah. Great place. Fantastic place. Like proper, proper good pub, you know, good people. Um, win or lose, draw. It's always loud in there. And uh, now the only difference, the only change is that I can drink now. So <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> and no, and no one's ruffling your hair, I hope. Exactly, exactly. Jack, can I ask, can I ask you, Jack, what's, what's he, listen, let's talk a little bit about your dad. What's his name? Because Northern Ireland's such a great uh, place in the world for, for footballers, you know, right back from Blanche Flower through the best. And also as a country, you know, the, the times they qualified for major tournaments, extraordinary really for a country of only a million and a half people. What's his name? So my dad's, my dad's called Andrew, but, you know, he goes by Andy. Yeah. 
he's as I as I've got older, I've realised that you know there's some toughness that you just can't teach, and that's certainly what he's got in him, just toughness and uh, hard work ethic. That's one thing I've always learned from him. You know, he's a he's a hundred percent at everything. So I hope that I've got some of that genes. You know, yeah, that's <laughs> lovely. That's I lovely, suspect. So, is there much family back home? Then, have you got many relatives back in Northern Ireland? Yeah, yeah, I tend to go there. Um, I tend to go there pretty much. When I was younger, I used to go there like more often. Mm. But I try and get there at least once a year. Nice. Uh, you know, we we go there, and it's one of them where in London, like obviously got like a a nice you know big family over here, but it's different over there. Like over there, you I remember like going to like a house let's say and you think you're just going to meet one of your aunties or something but then it all of a sudden everyone turns up and you're like i can't even remember everyone <laughs> it's, it's one of those you know everyone's it's one of them places where it's just a it's just a lovely place you know i, I really there's a different smell over there like the air the yeah. air is different yeah you know i always remember like getting off the plane and I, I, i'd know i was in northern ireland or ireland in general by just the the air the fresh air, you know. Yeah. So probably because of that, it's fresh. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That's lovely, Jack. Uh, Jack, can I ask you, have you got a favourite uh, memory piece of memorabilia or a memento? Yeah, um, I, you know, I've got, you know, I've sort of as I've got older, I've I start I've started collecting a load of the old like shirts, you know, from back in the day. Like I've got some shirts from like the early nineties. So as in terms of like memorabilia and stuff, I, I I'm enjoying sort of building on my um, my shirt collection, but. I'd, I'd say like a specific memento, like my favourite memento. I've got these two teddies of our old mascots, Herbie and Bubbles. Yeah. And they're signed by Herbie and Bubbles, which is really cool. No, so did, got... did you go down the Did you go down the front at half time then and get yeah, them signed? It was a game where I was. I happened to actually be sitting near the front, so right. they came down. And um, yeah, we sort of got. They signed my program as well that day. Can so I ask I you? These... Can I ask you both as hammers? Bubbles, I get. Why Herbie? Herbie the hammer. Yeah. Well, he's like a hammerhead, oh. isn't he? he? is. So just because of H and it rhymes with... He's Herbie the... Well, it's no H, he's Herbie the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell us about your favourite player now, yeah. who he is? Oh, man, do you know what? It, it genuinely, as I said earlier, it changes every game. As long as there's a player playing well, I love him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's all you need to do to get me to like you. <laughs> do you know what I mean? As long, like, for example, like the, the game just gone... Angelo Ogbonna. Do you know what I mean? I'm like really enjoying him at the moment. He's so solid at the back. Yeah. Um, I'm trying I'm obviously want to be specific as to who my favourite player is. Um, obviously love gotta love Antonio. Yeah. Yes. But I'd yes. say my favourite player, just in terms of like you just know one day as he just you just know he's gonna be a star and you know that he's he we he always whether he leaves us soon or down the line, you always know he was a West Ham boy to start with. But I got to say, Declan I Rice. I know that. I knew where that was going. <laughs> he said before the show started. Like, I bet you, Declan Rice is his favourite one. <laughs> How can you look past him at yeah, the moment? I mean, as you as you say, Jack, I, I I'm with you. I think it, the attitude is enjoying while we can. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we, you know, we're we're the sort we're a club where we go look. We it's like we we sort of we know that it might that a day might come where. He moves on, but the fact is, when he's playing for us, he gives us a hundred percent. He plays every yeah. minute of football. So, I think even if he does leave, whether it be soon or down the line, I think he'll always be loved by us. True. And he knows he's got a, a special place um, among the fans. Like he, he's, I, I know that he knows 
I love the years. Yeah. I, I got to speak as a, as, a, as a neutral you as well. The, the old reasons for somebody leaving West Ham, you know, you're both West Ham fans, would have been stuff like stadium size and you know crowd size and all the rest, all those sort of things. But now you're thinking, there's not a better stadium to play in, really, in the sense of the size of it and, and the crowds are going to be watching you. It's a fantastic place to live, London. Yeah, um, they, They're well played, paid there. You've got a terrific you know, sort of support. There's not a lot of reasons to leave West Ham now, is there? You know, Unless, unless you're talking like super club. Like you, sort of we need that. to be su- as yeah. successful as we currently are yeah. you know you know the, yeah. on, on as good a run as we are and it needs to remain that kind of way because otherwise Chelsea will come again yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it's the thing be, we can't be in relegation battles no too, you're right yes just just in that stadium with we're also our team like we just need you know the success needs to come from the pitch first yes. and then everything yes. else will follow we can't expect we can't be in this big stadium and grand scale fighting a relegation battle every season that's a very good point yeah, I agree. Yeah. And now I'm I'm worried about it, Jack, because once once someone starts down the shirt collecting route, it's yeah. it's a bottomless pit. But at least your knowledge on your favourite kit is probably expert. So what is your best ever one? So my favourite one, which funny enough, it was only like a week ago I finally managed to get get one of my own. Um it might not be the most memorable season for West Ham fans, but I just love this shirt. It was our away shirt in the 2002 to 2003 season. So it was a white one with claret stripes. It was yeah. like a pinstripe yeah. um, shirt. And it's just everything about it was simple yet stylish and it's timeless. And I just think for me, I remember looking because I've kept all my old shirts from a, from a kid. So I've got literally loads. Nice. And I remember nice. I've got the full kit of that one. And I remember... I just remember always looking at it going, oh, that's my favourite. So now I've finally managed to get one of my own. Just everything about it, feeler, Dr. Martens, just it's it's summery. It's also you can wear it like with a coat on. I just love it. He likes um, his shirt, doesn't he? I know, that's, that's a great shirt. Yeah, I, I, listen, I, like, it, I yeah. like the sound of it. Dr. Martens is on there. <laughs> exactly. Pinstripes. I great sponsor. A great sponsor. <laughs> it is a great sponsor. Great sponsor is part of the key of, of having a, exactly. of a kit that you love, isn't do, it? Do you wear, a, do you wear your, a shirt to the games? Oh well, yeah, I'm a shirter. Yeah, and I tend to because as we say, I got I got a fair amount, so I I, I get I go like a nice rotation of a few. Ah, <laughs> Good luck. Like um, but yeah, I mean, look, we could sit here all day talking about favorite shirts. But <laughs> if, I, if I had to be specific, I just that one's always had a special place because, as I said, I always looked at it out of my my shirt collection when I was younger. So it was like. It pretty much fits like a three-year-old. And I always was like, oh, I want that in my size. And literally a week ago, finally managed to get one and had Cole number 26 on the back. It only makes it a little bit more special, you know? Oh, that's great. Well well done. Well done. Good condition as well. That's important. It is important. You want it to to look smart, you know? know, I'd I'd rather not have the shirt if it looks, um, which is natural with age. It comes with age, but the shirt I managed to get is like really good condition. So it's yeah. like, like the Scott Parker of the acting world, Jack, isn't it? I like that. Yeah, yes, it's a good ridiculous. Analogy. And, he li- and he likes Scott Parker. So obviously, he got influenced by him as, as, as exactly. a child. Yes, the best eleven podcast from Talk Sport. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Have you got a team that's not yours that you've got a soft spot for, Jack? Yeah, so in terms of like, so I have a, in terms of like a team I like, so if West Ham wasn't a team tomorrow, like a team that I would support, um, which is, tell, tell a good good link to this actually. So one of my best friends, he's a QPR fan. Okay. And he goes, he's got a season ticket with his dad and his brothers and all that. Literally, whenever his dad or brothers can't make it, he always takes me. Okay. So I've been to, there was, there was a time like, it was around like our early seasons in the London Stadium I was like going to more QPR games. I was like, bloody hell. <laughs> so I've always got a soft spot for QPR. And I remember literally this this conversation came by accident. I was just telling my dad about the game because I remember it was like QPR v Birmingham. And it was just one of those like, we were right by the away fans. It was just really, it was an amazing game. It was like free free or something. And I was telling my dad about it. And my dad was like, yeah, for the first game I ever went to was a QPR game. No. Ah. Not not me, but my dad. Like I yeah. think my dad must have must have came to London when he was a kid, and he went to a QPR game with like I don't know one of his uncles or something. Um, and I was like, that is mad. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I've got just in just because I've actually been to QPR games, I've got a soft spot for them. That might, and as long as they like, as long as they stay in a different division, everything's all <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. I was going to ask you, Jack. I'm intrigued. Are you a Northern Ireland fan rather than England fan, or are you England? Oh uh, yeah, but no, I'm 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 more England, obviously, because I even though I've got family in Northern Ireland, I grew up here. You know, I've lived in England my whole life. So, but of course, support both. Like, as if Northern Ireland are playing, or if Northern Ireland are in 
let's say there was a situation let's say they're all in the euros and one of them went out yeah i would follow the other one you're lucky nice, you see, nice. he's got the second the option good lad no, that's great that is for big, for big international tournaments fantastic <laughs> very good right jack we can ask you now uh for your best 11 are you going to go club or country um club good lad okay then so mark is literally like, like have, a coiled spring waiting with a I pen am, i'm with you all the way I've, so we'll... I've written declan rice's name down for some reason already <laughs> yeah. i don't know why we'll start with the goalkeeper mate so you fire away Right, so do you know what? As a, as a little heads up, I was thinking about this of what I would do. So I've basically to made it more easier for myself. I've sort of made it only in my era. So I've yeah. gone from the nineties onwards. Okay, Fair that's enough. fine. No worries. Good fine. idea. Yeah. So in goal, just because I used to love him when he played for us, I'd put Rob Green. Very good. He was he was exceptionally good for us as well. One of the players yeah. that stayed through thick and thin, wasn't he? He was brilliant, and that got him in the England side as well. His time at yeah. West Ham. He was solid for us. And like I know loads of people, when you say Rob Green, they'll mention that screw up in the World Cup. Yeah. But come on now. Rob Green was a solid goalkeeper. And we know because for us, he was great. Yeah. And um, I remember buying like, a, I don't know why, but when I was a kid, I really wanted this big, bright, fluorescent yellow goalkeeper top. And I had him on the back. Probably never wore it, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I always think... Rob I always think it's a bit of a thankless task, boys, because somebody was saying to me, that's a good point, goalkeepers can be outstanding for 89 minutes. One mistake. One mistake. That's it. Whereas strikers can do nothing for 89 yeah. minutes. One goal and you're the hero. Yeah. And like saying, yeah. you just summed it up, Jack. He's known for that mistake, bless him. But all those hours that he was brilliant for West Ham, he's not known. So I'm oh, glad you're saying this. Yeah, you know? good point. Yeah. My formation, I'll go for a 3-4-3. Three, three. Ooh. See, I know, I, there's, there's no way... <laughs> A, a, a man of your age was going to go four four two. This that's just for us. Yeah, <laughs> three four yeah. three. Plow on, mate. Go on, Mick. Tell us your defence. In defence, I'd have Dixie. Yes. Julian. I'd have Rio Ferdinand. Of course. And I'd have Alvin Martin. Ooh. Now you've got that's a, a very interesting. So you you moving Dixie uh, and the, towards the back end of his career. And I think when he came back to West Ham, he was basically playing on one leg. So he was yeah, kind of yeah. he was ad- he had to adapt to his game. He didn't, he wasn't tearing up and down the the touchline in those days, was he? Yeah, but I like his style. You know, yeah. I like his style. Like he's the sort of defender that I always loved. Like a hard tackler, uncompromising. And, uh, yeah. So I just I just think like you, especially nowadays. Like you know, we watch football now, and sometimes people go down so easily, especially with VAR. It might actually encourage it a bit more. Blimey, someone like Dixie was playing now. No chance. <laughs> no chance, yeah. <laughs> Poor Dixie. Yeah. Uh, fear that I like the fear that he might put in a you know, he, he a striker would, would have a hard day's work with, with Julian Dix at the back. So Correct. he was a brainer. That's brilliant. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you're four you're four across the middle. I'm four across the middle. So do you know what? I was sort of I was thinking about Declan Rice putting him in there, but just because of like you know, still he's still young. Do you know what I mean? I know he's a, you know he's he's great for us, but I actually left Declan Rice out. Ooh, okay. Controversial. Scrub <laughs> scrubs his name out on my team sheet. Okay, go on. But out of out of respect, and also out of like just the the many hours and the many um, the blood, sweat, and tears that he's put into us, I've got to put Mark Noble. Mark Noble's in. in. Cap- yeah. Yeah. You got uh, him as captain. Yeah, we'll have him as captain. Go on, that's got to be. I, I, I had written his name with C at the end of his name. <laughs> I didn't notice so, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Always do, and, yeah. Uh, my man Scotty Parker, have him in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll have Joe Cole. Yeah. I love Joe Cole. The uh, magician. You know yeah, the magician. Do you know what? This last person, 
I actually switched it round because so the guy I've put in our team is Yossi Benayoun. Class. Benayoun. What yeah. what a playmaker. Yeah. What a skill what a just a skillful like yeah. player. I I love Benayoun and when he played for us. But I actually was sort of because it was actually a really hard thing trying to think about this uh this this team. I was like, what who do I put? There's actually you know, but you'll be happy to know that I swapped uh, ben, I basically put Benny Yoon instead of Payet. Yeah, because that's if, that's a that's I'm st- I'm still emotional about that, Jack. If you yeah. if you wouldn't mind, <laughs> it's not been long enough. I don't like to talk about. Him. <laughs> <laughs> to put him in the squad. He's like the best player we've ever had. <laughs> Virtually, very nearly the best player we've ever had. Exactly, yeah, and he didn't want to stay with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Benny Yoon took his spot. Benny Yoon took his spot. Yeah, that's I like that. It's very diplomatic. Well played. And you're going for three up front, Jack? Yeah, three up front, yeah. Go on. Uh, so this person, honestly, I I'm so glad I'm able to mention him because he was such a good player and his career got cut short. Dean Ashton. Oh, oh superb. Such a shame, wasn't it? What I mean, a player and, for, he'd and been. for England. Oh. He'd have been the nine for England. He was like forever. somebody mentioned it. He was like Wayne Rooney, only bigger. Yeah. So yeah. skillful. Oh. So and everything, um, and then I'd have, I'd have uh, East London's favourite Italian. I'd have Paolo Di Canio. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. That volley, that every that time his name's erotic, mentioned, it? it was. Oh. I, I went. <laughs> <laughs> that every time his name's mentioned, I play in my head Trevor Sinclair's diagonal pass oh. and that volley. That, it wow! Like a, it wasn't even a volley; it was a bicycle kick he, in the air. He, he's in midair. Oh, what's that about? For about a week and a half. I managed just to manoeuvre his body and his yeah, feet. He, he reshapes his body <laughs> in the air some to allow say, himself for the yeah. ball. Some say he's still there now. <laughs> <laughs> still hanging. Oh, up what a great! No, that's lovely. Ashton DiCanio, who, who's who's your third striker? And then, yeah, I, I always have a soft spot for him, Tevez. Tevez, oh, quite right. Oh. Saviour. As they call him the saviour, yeah. saved us. Yeah. It's one of those one of those players where we only had him for a season, but I think you know it, it was very different than Dimitri Payet. You know, Carlos Tevez was was moving on naturally, yes. as opposed to quite right. You know, and he and the time we needed him, he turned up. Do you know what I mean? He was an absolute tiger, wasn't he? Little fella, but he and he would played out of position because no one knew where you're meant to play. A centre forward who's about five foot six, and yeah. he, but he just he just grafted, didn't he, for the team? It was it was a joy to watch him. I, I'm completely with you on that. So there's the there's the sixty thousand dollar question yeah. from my age. There's no TV show in the fifties. Um, <laughs> who do you have as manager, Jack? So I'm I'm kind of split between two. Okay. It was again a bit before my time, but I just like I like his style and I like him as a person. So Harry Redknapp is yeah. like H, as they call him. Yeah. But then also, like, it was more my sort of main era, like, when all I thought about was West Ham. So I've always remembered him as the manager, Alan Pardew. Yeah, okay, yes. I mean, kind of one of the forgotten men, I think, in terms of West Ham. But he was extraordinarily successful for us for a lot of his time with us, wasn't he? Yeah, and, like, also when he, you know, we got relegated, he came in and we also, we were so unlucky not coming up straight away losing to Palace in that final. Then we came up the next year. Then we made the FA Cup final. Yeah, exactly. And I remember him having a fight with Wenger on the touchline. Yeah, line. I was just That's thinking right. about that. I was just thinking about that. It's amazing what you remember him for. The little dance for Crystal Palace and the fight with Wenger. Yes. 
Yeah, and I just have memories of um of Alan Pardew, but yeah, it's kind of split between them. But you know, sorry, Jack, got to, got to put what? you on the spot, son. You got right. to pick one. You got to pick one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a curveball just because I believe in him and I want to say it on the radio. Moisey, I'll put Moisey. Whoa. He did say earlier on, didn't he, that he wants the man to be given time. He, and, and, yeah. and I like it. My sire, he is. Uh, he's written. Sire. I, just, I just got to ask you. I've never heard that before. My sire. My sire. And, and I like. The, I like the think, Jack, that you'll now. Now that you've done this, you're going to go away and complete your best eleven team in shirts. Because yes, clearly, definitely. you're, you're, you're sure a, a man lost, that knows his shirts. He's a lost soul already. So you <laughs> might as well do something constructive and build your best 11 team in your own shirts. Because you've got a Rob Green. I've got a Scott Parker. I've got a Joe Cole. You're on your way. You're a fantastic actor. You've been a wonderful guest. Jack, thanks so much for joining us, mate. Have a lovely weekend. Thank you, mate. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Thank you so much. The Best 11 Podcast from Talk Sport. Thank you for listening to The Best 11 Podcast. Don't forget, we've got new episodes out every Thursday. So join us for more football memories and another Best 11 very soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.